Many of my biggest insights didn't come from the content itself, but in the removal of my comforts, my distractions. I didn't look at my laptop. My phone was only there for pictures, so I let no other influence, stimuli, distraction in during those six days, and that was key. This is the concept of working on your business versus in your business. Well, that applies for you too. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real, simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Hey, Pivoter, it is great to be back from Belize, and I am pumped about sharing the insight from the event talked about in episode 152, Get Outside Your Comfort Zone. Here is mine. Well, I did it, and I'm about to tell you about it. So in that podcast, I shared how I was about to do something I'd never done before, to go on this women's-only business owner retreat in Belize. This was outside my comfort zone. The women-only events like this had never resonated with me in the past. Doing something like this for six days, I couldn't tie it to an ROI. That was a struggle for me, too. So here's the thing. I did it. I did the thing. And it was amazing, but not in the predictable ways I would have imagined. Now, I'm going to give you the biggest takeaways I had from being part of this event, being part of a group that's a 90K a year mastermind. And I want to share it with you with the hopes of putting this insight into you, putting that insight into play in your own life and business like I did as soon as I returned. But first, let's take a second to talk about Belize. So you know that I'm an avid traveler. I've had the joy of traveling to a chunk of the world's countries, maybe around 40 or so. I need to actually sit down and count those, though, because I've always sort of counted Scotland and Wales as separate countries. I don't know, maybe sorry to the UK, but I need to redo my country count. I know there's some people out there who've asked me for the actual number. I'm going to get that to you. I just downloaded all the ones that are registered with the United Nations this morning. But in my travels, I've seen some things. I've seen a lot of Central America specifically and look. Looking at Belize's neighbors, you know, looking at Mexico and Guatemala, I was like, oh, I get it. I have an idea of what Belize is going to be like. Or so I thought. I was totally wrong. First, let me start with this. So here's kind of the behind the scenes. So if you're a big traveler, trips for you tend to fall in one of two camps. Your trip can either be really well planned, you get all the books on the country, you listen to the podcasts on it, you read the articles, you know exactly what you want to experience, see, you are well prepared. But some trips are just the opposite. You just sort of wing it. You've seen enough of the world. You've packed for enough trips that you're like, meh, I'll figure it out when I get there. I'll be good. You have total confidence in your ability to pivot on the fly. This is how years ago I ended up in Malaysia. And suddenly I'm grabbing for guidebooks, trying to understand the customs better because I was missing all the shots I was taking. So this trip, Belize, well, it fell into option two. I just sort of was winging it. It was only on the day that I was traveling. I'm sitting at my friend Melanie and Justin's house and he's like, hey, have you actually Googled Belize? 
looks really amazing. You should probably bring your diving certificate. No, I hadn't actually Googled it. And it was on that moment that I went and ran and grabbed my PADI certification. So Belize didn't feel like Central America. It felt like Caribbean. I realize it's right in that same area, but it feels like a Caribbean island, not like it was landlocked in Central America. So when I get off the plane, I actually make the mistake of speaking Spanish to my driver. He smiled and said, my Spanish isn't very good in perfect English. His first language was actually a Mayan dialect. I immediately focused on learning everything I could about Belize in that moment. I Googled, I read, I picked up books. It's just a fascinating story because the Mayans live there. And that was particularly interesting to me because I'd spent a lot of time in Mayan villages in Guatemala. And it's just radically different, like still rich history and animal life was amazing, but just how their history played out was vastly different. So anyways, Belize was not as I expected. Surprises at every turn, but I absolutely loved the country. The love the beaches, the rainforest. I'm a sucker for wild animals and there are plenty of those. In fact, my first morning in the rainforest, I came out of my cabana to find what looked like a small capybara sitting in front of me, except there aren't actually small capybaras. And I'm like, what is that rodent-like creature that also looks like a rabbit? Later, I would find out they are called rat cats by the locals. And even later after that, I would learn that their actual name is agoutis, like a giant like rat head with the back end of a rabbit. I'm not making it sound cute, but it actually is cute. I was amazed by them. And of course, the Kawadis are also there. Kawadi Mundi, I think is their full name. Anyways, it's like if, oh man, if like a raccoon and a monkey had a baby, that's what would come out of that. I first came across them hiking in Costa Rica and I came around a corner and saw it and I was like, what is that? It's like a raccoon, but not and a monkey tail. They're also in Belize. I love it. And there was two cans that landed in the tree when we were having dinner one night and blue morpho butterflies. I mean, I am a lover of animals, biology, nature, all things that Belize has a lot of. But you probably didn't dial in today to hear about the rat cat as fascinating as they are. You came for the learnings, the insight for going deep. And we're going to do that right now. But here's something I've got to tell you. Many of my biggest insights didn't come from the content itself, but in the removal of my comforts, my distractions. I didn't look at my laptop. My phone was only there for pictures, so I let no other influence, stimuli, distraction in during those six days. And that was key. This is the concept of working on your business versus in your business. Well, that applies for you too. The concept of just sort of being you versus working on you. I didn't have to be April, so I was able to work on April. I wanted to be with just me, me with the coach that was there, me with the content that they were providing, but nothing else external. Again, no distractions. We often need to be stripped of these things to get to the root of what is holding us back. I see people trying to have transformational events while having their phone in their hand. It doesn't work. Not well. Those things are constantly tethering you to the old you, the version you came here to outgrow. So while at this mastermind retreat in Belize, I had several awarenesses. Some literally shook me to my core. I'm sending videos and audios to myself and to close friends just trying to capture these awarenesses. I'm going to share some of them with you, some of them quite personal. This will be a multi-part episode, so we'll get into all the juicy parts, and we're going to make them as applicable as we can to you. The event was facilitated by two coaches that focused on somatic work. It is the therapeutic and healing work that focuses on the body, different than what I usually study, feelings, sensation in the body, and perhaps how these things might be holding us back, old memories, childhood experiences, ways that we've built walls around ourselves because of them. 
Essentially, I'm saying a bunch of stuff I didn't want to dig into. I felt like I built a foundation over top of these things. Hell, an empire that was built upon something I didn't want to go poking around at its foundation. Maybe the empire comes crashing down if I do. I was worried that instead of reinforcing my foundation, I would challenge it, weaken it. And would I be able to come back from something like that? Everything demands your attention right now. You want to be on your A game, but you need two of you just to manage your day. But what if I could multiply you? What if I told you there are secrets that top performers are using right now to still get ahead? There are, and I'll give them to you. In my new Four Steps videos, I'll show you how to master distraction, practice prioritization, get the right things done without working more hours. And for now, I'm doing it for free. Your time is priceless right now and you need to take back control of your day and your to-do list. Go to pivot-me.com backslash four steps and you can begin the videos within seconds. We all need more time right now and four steps will give it to you. Yes, you can multiply yourself and I'll show you how to do it in four steps. So let's go into some of these, my biggest takeaways and how they're influencing me and my business now in hopes that they also influence you. Part one, for someone like me. I realized as I was in Belize that week that I had a limiting belief that though it seemed decent on the surface, that actually was holding me back. I'm going to explain. So on the surface, things look good. Things looked successful. But the truth was, I'd been telling myself that I had done well for someone like me, someone who started where I started, that had the things happen to me that have happened. Despite me having so much capacity, so much to share, expertise, love, all of it, this concept of someone like me, it became my ceiling, my cap. I'd only done well for someone like me, for someone who had the deck stacked against her in so many ways. For someone who'd been hurt, for someone who'd been abused, someone who'd been unheard, someone who learned to soldier on and endure, someone who was later voted least likely to succeed in high school because she was such an outcast. She was such a missed fit, who showed up at senior pictures drunk and high, barely able to keep my eyes open for the photo. For where I came from, where I started, I'd done well. There was a time when this What was around me was enough. The fact that I'd pieced together a good enough life was, should be enough. A good vacation, a positive environment, good friends, kids in a ski program. It was all so much more than what I had or that statistics would have predicted for me. The truth was I still had a ceiling. Though I had broken through generational ceilings, I had done done more than what had been done before me time and time again. Yet I was still tethered to it all. I was okay passing some people, but only by a factor, a certain amount. I was still tethered to this concept of someone like me. I could rise above it, but only by a certain percentage. 
But what if I'd been born someone else? What if I'd been born a Rockefeller or a Kennedy? I wouldn't have this ceiling. I mean, I mean, let's be real. There's like a whole host of other things I'd be saddled with, like expectations and social construct. I mean, choose your baggage. But this concept of someone like me didn't serve me anymore. It doesn't serve me. I just need unbridled success, joy, achievement, love, acceptance, and my past, my upbringing did not need to factor into any of that unless I let it. Where have we let this concept, this idea of someone like me restrain us? It's just another version of a limiting belief, a shitty narrative, a memo, some idea we bought into that one day became our ceiling. When I had this conversation afterwards with one of my masterminds, one of my clients realized she had let the idea of being a single mom be her excuse for someone like me. I'd done well for a single mom. I provided a good life for my kids for a single mom. That, it wasn't a rally call. It wasn't like, look how amazing I am. I'm a single mom. No, it became her cap, her ceiling. Later talking with a friend, she realized this concept of someone like me had applied in her marriage. You see, she grew up with an alcoholic father. She had suffered as a young girl tremendously because of this. And now she used it as a reference point for her own marriage. I've got a pretty good marriage for someone like me. My husband isn't an alcoholic. I've done well for someone like me. As I've had this conversation and thought of this many times, I heard it uncovered over and over again in my masterminds, with my clients, with my own friends. For someone like me, for someone who used to be addicted to drugs, for someone who was beat as a child, for someone who was adopted, for someone who started so late in life, for someone who's been divorced twice, They all had some version of this. Man, those stories we tell ourselves can one day become our chains. So for me, I'm doing the work to reframe this concept. This doing well for someone like me, it needs to go. In my mind, I was born a Rockefeller with all the opportunity, education, insight, know-how in the world, the support systems, all of it. Because I know you and I are both wildly capable. If you're listening right now, I see you. And I see what you're capable of. But the second we buy into this notion of we accept this marginal achievement because it's good for someone like me, we have sold ourselves short. Don't buy into it. Take a moment today and think on where this might apply in your own life. Where are you tethered? Where did you put a ceiling because of someone like me? And reframe it. Often simply acknowledging something lessens it. Call a thing a thing doesn't make it worse. It lessens its power over you. If we don't acknowledge it, we can't change it. Do the work. You're worth it. Next week, we're going to do part two on what I learned at the Mastermind Retreat in Belize. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.